rebels and the Empire are busy blowing each other to pieces. Thanks, Wedge. Three sibling scavengers are picking up the trash. Woohoo! Sweet, sweet salvage. Cordy. Talk to no one with eight or more eyes. Xander. <laughs> not call my creations, my life's work, my children, uglies. Rowan. And their faithful droid, Roger. Yeah! Freemaker family's biggest concern is keeping their salvage business afloat. No rent, you're out the airlock. But all that is about to change. We recently uncovered something of interest in the Jedi archives. Long ago, a Jedi master forged a sword of pure kyber crystals. This powerful lightsaber proved to be dangerous. So the Jedi smashed it and hid the crystals throughout the galaxy. I want it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's calling me. But the Kyber Saber will be fraught with dangers. But the Freemakers will have a powerful ally. My name is Nare. Is that a laser sword? I'd like to hold it. When can I hold it? Can the Freemakers and Nare find all the Kyber crystals before the Emperor gets his hands on them and destroys the galaxy in one big blast? Blast? Find out in Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. I have a bad feeling about this. Episode 174 of Full of Sith. I have the Mike Pilot with me, my co-host Brian Young, and filling in for the lovely Amy Ratcliffe this evening is the even lovelier, I can't say that because Amy, Amy's going to think I don't think she's lovely, is an equally lovely Holly Fry. Holly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hi, but I disagree. I'm not as lovely as Amy. She's just darling. Well, you're darling too, see? <laughs> see how that works? It's... Uh, Amy's, Amy's going, getting ready for her trip over to Celebration. Brian's leaving tomorrow. And so Holly was kind enough to fill in. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff tonight. Brian, you want to tell everybody what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Star Wars. How about that? Okay, so let's get on it right away. It's like one of those shows. We're recording early this week. We're recording a day early because Brian's leaving tomorrow. And we just got a lot to talk about. We do. So so um, the brunt of this episode is going to be about the new Lego Freemaker Adventures show uh, that's been airing on Disney XD. But before then, I wanted to kind of have a conversation about a clarification about an, uh, a topic we talked about last week. Okay, clarify. Okay, so last week we talked about how Ian McKaig, who was one of the designers working on uh, The Force Awakens, who mm-hmm. had also worked on the prequels as a designer and a, a creature and costume designer, um, had said that there had been a prequel ban from Disney, from whoever, uh, that, that there was a ban on the prequels, and we kind of scratched our heads and said, well, that doesn't make any sense because that doesn't. Um, but I got some further context and some clarification and a listener on our Facebook page kind of pointed me out to the, uh, to the right, to the right bit of information and context. And I just wanted to talk about that a little on the show and it makes a lot more sense. So, uh, Daniel Noah, whose name I could very well be butchering was talking about how basically McKeg was saying that as they were designing J.J. Abrams didn't want a more prequel aesthetic in the design. So he was like not approving prequely designs out of the art department because obviously Abrams, who is a notorious not fan of the prequels, which still baffles me. Like if you're if you're all in on Star Wars, I mean, you might as well be all in on Star Wars. Um, Well, you can't say that. You can't. No, it just baffles me. Like as a filmmaker, I figured he'd have more respect for it. That's all. Okay. Okay. Um, especially since they're so much better edited than his Star Wars movie. But that's that's neither here, here nor there. <laughs> um, Brian Young is a man with an agenda. I am, but that's okay. Um, so uh, Abrams, who, who, who is the director, and ultimately the buck stops with him as far as what the look and feel of uh, The Force Awakens was like, didn't want the visuals to look like the prequels, even though there were some, obviously, that were that were very specifically very prequel-like, such as Hosnian Prime. Um, and, and so that was just direction given to them in the art department in pre-production on The Force Awakens, not 
an overall bl- bank blanket ban by Disney is like no prequels, which is how it got reported all over the internet, which just goes to show don't trust the internet. Wait a second. Now that just rocks my world. Everything I see on the internet, I automatically assume it's true. Holly, <laughs> Holly, could you could you bring could you have a a coming to Sheev moment with with Mike here about that one? Uh, Mike, you have to check for reliable sources at all times. All right, Mike is playing the role of the ignorant person <laughs> and using sarcasm in his tone. Yeah, yeah, how about that? That's um, yeah, it's the internet, folks. But Brian, I I I um I respect you. And this listener for pointing that out and you also bringing that up on the show. Well, I wanted to set the record straight because, I mean, the the fault isn't with McKaig. I think McKaig was clear enough in what he was saying. The problem was how the Internet reported it. And we kind of took the Internet report and talked about it that way and tried to deconstruct it from that perspective. And I hadn't had the time to go back to McKaig's original comments, which is the problem, right? Yeah. I read all these stories and said, where is this coming from? And it was just... uh. Uh, like a linked chain trying to find the original source. And and I hadn't found it by the time we'd recorded. And, and I just wanted, P- A, to call myself to account on that, and B, clarify that for listeners. I think the way that we broke it down was kind of a a sensible way to do it. Okay, let's just think of a couple things here, just, you know, spitballing that makes this not make sense. And I think we did an okay job with that. Yeah. So, no, I think it's good. I think um, thank you for, for clarifying that. Now that that's done, uh, we did decided we were going to talk about Lego's Freemaker Adventures. As we record this, there are five episodes out uh, on over the 4th of July weekend. Disney XD marathoned all of them, so that's how I was able to catch up. Yep. Uh, Thank you for the heads up on that. I DVR'd them all that day. Yeah, well, I went to figure that they were probably on demand like Rebels was, and they were not. And then I was like, well, when are they airing? And this was Sunday after we recorded last week. And I was like, well, they're all airing tomorrow. I better record these. Yep, that's what I did. They are also, in case anybody missed that marathon, they're all on the Disney XD app. Ooh. Um, But I will say this. There are some problems with that app and Chromecasting sometimes, and you have to fiddle with it. But they are all there. And if you're just watching on your mobile device, I haven't had any problems. Until recently? When I tried to use, even last year with the with all the uh, Rebel stuff, when I tried to use the XD app and my provider's DirecTV, it would not let me watch any of the Rebel stuff. But then just recently, I tried it again, and it actually does work now, so it's good to know. So yeah, the app was like, oh, you're the Mike Pilot. Yeah. Like have this. <laughs> yeah. That, that app has had some growing pains, but it does get better with every iteration. So they're smoothing out the clunky bits. They're going to have to make it for iOS 10 now, so it's going to get clunky again. Mm-hmm. So... So to start this conversation, uh, I wanted to offer what my first impressions of the show were going to be before I'd watched it. And I'll be honest, I was a little wary. Um, Lego Droid Tales kind of turned me off um, because there were a lot of jokes that felt like they were at the expense of the prequels and they just kind of jabbed at me. And I know I'm not the prequels, but it kind of gets tiring on me. And so I just assumed that was the tone of Lego, right, Uh, on TV. And so I wasn't terribly looking forward to this, uh, but uh, I have to say my expectations were were pleasantly exceeded by a significant portion. Well, that's good. Uh, So I'm wondering what you guys thought the show was going to be like when you'd heard about it initially and, and how those expectations might have changed once you saw the show. And before we do this, I also get uh email saying like we should explain what the show is before we start talking about it in detail do you guys mind if i do that really quickly i'll do that really quickly so the lego freemaker adventures uh stars a family called the freemakers they're a family of scavengers who build and sell starships from the scoured debris of space battles strewn throughout the galaxy when their youngest sibling discovers a natural connection with the force through an ancient artifact the kyber saber Uh, His world is turned upside down, and he and his family are thrown into an epic struggle against the Empire to restore peace and freedom to the galaxy. Throughout their adventures, the Freemakers explore new worlds, meet new and familiar characters, and learn the true value of what it means to be a family. That's the description on uh, the IMDb. And that's pretty accurate. Uh, It's a little bit more detailed than that. It says family, but I get they're all siblings. Yeah. 
so there's no there's no parents in the situation. It's sort of like sister and two brothers. Yeah, older brother, older sister, and a little brother. Yeah, and the little brother's hilarious. He's, no, I disagree. Okay, he's not hilarious. No. Uh, Holly and Mike, your impressions of what you thought the show was going to be like before you watched it. Holly, I'll let you go, please. Well, I um, even though I love the prequels almost as much as Brian, but I don't think anybody could really rival his level of love. Uh, I was not as bothered by previous uh, Star Wars Legos shows. I felt like for the most part, even their jabs at the prequels were pretty good natured. Um, so I like them and I love Lego. So I was kind of expecting more of the same. Uh, and it pretty much lived up to all of that. I wasn't sure how I would feel about something that's kind of so... Uh, it's not entirely standalone apart from the stories that we already know and love, but it, you know, it's uh, the main cast is all new characters. So I didn't know in terms of Lego, how that was going to play out, but it's lovely. And I really quite delight in it. Okay. So for me, I have to explain it with two different hats on uh, my expectations of the, of the show was maybe a little more than the other Lego shows that I've seen um, because I liked where this was falling in the timeline of star Wars because there was going to be a little bit of the Emperor and Darth Vader, and we were going to see some Lando and Luke and, and some of those characters, so I thought that'd be pretty cool. I didn't know really what to expect because we were going to see new characters and how those characters are going to be developed, so I had a little bit of... I didn't rush into watching it, Brian. Like, I watched it today. And mm -hmm. so we watched it, and I, I started watching it with the... I like playing Lego games. I like building Lego crafts. I don't mm -hmm. like slapsticky kind of Lego humor. I'm I'm not huge on it. I, I don't I don't overly love it. But I, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I liked the characters, especially the older brother, Xander. That was his name, right? Mm -hmm. In indeed. Yeah. So I, I like Xander's character. I like the older sister. I even like the battle droid, which I surprised me. I love I, Matthew Wood has been the best represent ambassador for battle droids. Sure. Because they just get more charming with every iteration he takes with them. Like I said, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with the majority of the characters. If you and you can both be really mad at me, if you don't like uh, child Anakin in the prequels, you are not going to like this kid. I do not like this kid at all. He <laughs> doesn't like child he, Anakin. He doesn't listen. And he falls in more crap than Child Anakin than, than Child Anakin did. They're, they're setting this character up to be the next greatest thing in the history of Star Wars. I can't stand this kid. I hope he gets stabbed by Darth Vader. I oh just my don't like him. Now, I don't like him. He doesn't listen. you got to listen to people that are older than you. They're trying to keep you safe. This kid is the next coming of the chosen one, the way they're setting this up. I like everything so, about the show except this kid. I do. So it's not that you don't like the kid. You don't like how he doesn't listen and how he behaves. He's a bad kid. Doesn't listen. <laughs> he is ADHD and he does not know how to listen. And if he was my child, he'd be on trouble on timeout constantly. And I'm saying that nicely because I don't want the cops coming to my house. The next episode is going to uh, start with him being having been put in timeout. And then he goes <laughs> on an adventure there. Um, so I actually really like the kid. I think one of my favorite things about the show is how like i was reminded of of one of the things i love so much about star wars is that kids are active participants in the course of galactic events whether that ranges from eight-year-old anakin boba fett or now rowan or the older teenagers like luke leia ray uh i really love that about star wars uh and i can imagine as a kid watching that and saying like or even Ahsoka, too. I think Ahsoka's an important one. So a kid around that age watching it and saying, like, there could be something good and special and great about me and that I can change. Exactly. I can change the world. I think that's super important. And this was just dripping with that excitement. Yeah, okay. I know. I, I, I get what you're saying. That's the other hat that I had to look at it with. It's it's me as an adult, you know, with Rebels or Clone Wars in my head and, and wanting that kind of a story. And then also sitting next to a 10-year-old laughing her butt off, enjoying herself and repeating lines and, and having a good old time and saying, and when it was over, her, her loving it and saying, well, you know what, I'm not 10 years old and this isn't, I'm not that audience for that kid. You know what I mean? Some of the, some of the comedy in the show, though, is, 
is exactly for me though. Like in the second episode when Dana Snyder, uh, who was a voice, he was the voice of, correct me if I'm wrong, Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force is playing Grabala the Hut. Everything out of his mouth made me squeal oh, yeah, and giggle funny. like an idiot. Yeah. Like that moment where Xander comes in and he's trying to sell him the laser and uh, the laser accidentally goes off and shoots one of his henchmen. And Xander <laughs> just goes like, did you like that guy? And and Grabala goes like, I mean, he was all right, but that thing's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I um I think I loved all the secondary huts anyway. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big Zero fan, so in my in my rich fantasy life, I love to picture like Grabala and Zero hanging out and like you know complaining about Jabba and his his high horse. So yeah, I think he's hilarious. As for the kid, I I'm right in between the two of you. Yeah. Because I you know I'm never like the biggest fan of like kids written to be super cute. So I'm kind of like, but I can see past it and it doesn't make me crazy. He's acting exactly like a kid like that. Well, you know how much I like being around little kids. I know you don't. Because I'm a monster. (laughs) See, I have a kid and I don't like kids that do that over the top. What do I know? I'm just a kid. I want to smack them. I don't like it. It's not funny to me. And a lot of adults eat that up. I don't. I don't like it. Oh, man, it made me laugh. It's like, this would be my kids if they were in the Star Wars universe. Nah, your kids are too cool for that. I think this kid's cool. I mean, this kid has the Force and can find pieces of the Kyber crystals. And that whole business in that last episode where he's like, I can speak Wookiee. That was really like, fun. Do you know when we first met Ezra Bridger and we were all watching the show together and we're like, hey, this kid, they're really setting him up to be pretty strong, but he backed it up. He's he's a he's a badass little Jedi that Ezra Bridger, right? This kid ain't no Ezra Bridger. He's not Anakin well, Skywalker. I don't, I don't think this is that kind of show though. I'm exactly. Just I don't, they, like I, you can look at him top. as just a tool. He's not necessarily like the he next is a great tool. That's Jedi. That's exactly how I look at it. Not him. in that way. Uh he's not necessarily the next great Jedi. He just has this one particular well, skill here. that Nare is willing to exploit. So I think the thing that's important to remember, Mike, is that this isn't a Star Wars story in the canon in the traditional sense, Listen, right? I'm allowed to complain about things I don't no, like. No, you about. are. You like are. I'm just kid. saying. Like I'm him. saying there's one thing to <laughs> remember is that the storytelling kind of quirk of this show is not like it's Dave Filoni's telling an amazing episode of Star Wars. It's It feels like it's supposed to simulate a kid sitting down in his playroom simulating a Star Wars story with his Legos. I understand. I understand. And I'm going a little over the top (laughs) because I'm trying to entertain our older audience and giving them a little bit of a heads up that this kid's annoying. I I think he's adorable. Hey, Lego kid, get off Mike's lawn. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Or get off his carpet before he steps on you. Holly said it best. Listen, (laughs) like I said, there's a lot of things I do like about the show. Like I said earlier, I didn't get to finish my my thought, not because of you two, because I I went off on a tangent about this kid. Um, I typically don't like the Lego humor, and in this, I really do. There's a lot of the jokes that really hit home for me. A lot of the voice actors I was really surprised with. Um, uh, Eugene Bird plays Xander. I brought him up earlier. He's on a a lot. He was in 8 Mile. He was... uh, He's on Bones a lot. I watch Bones a lot with my wife. So I, I actually tweeted he, at, at him. Anya recognized his voice while we were watching it. She goes, isn't that the guy on Bones? And then I looked it up, and that's who it was. And also, uh, the guy that played uh, Durbin, the one Imperial officer, Richard Kind. Richard Kind, yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, Bing Bong. In, he's uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. So I He mean, was also... He's been he, everything and everything. He's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. He's awesome. And I, going back to Rowan, or not Rowan, Xander, I think one of my favorite episodes, I mean, there's been five, and I can think of like, hey, that Grabala the Hut episode was one of my favorites. I know that, which one was uh, your Wookie favorite. The, uh, the Royal N1 Starfighter. Yep, and I knew when they were on the ship and Vader was standing there and he was asking what kind of ship would, I knew, right? I was thinking, Brian is eating this up right now. Oh, <laughs> I was. And when Vader had that, like, Marcel, like, when when he had that, like, Proust moment where he's got that forced memory, like in, like in Ratatouille, yeah. of... <laughs> flying through uh, the, the the star field in Naboo and blowing up the Trade Federation ship and him actually, like, you know, spinning because that's a neat trick and saying this is so wizard. Or, now, this is pod racing. Yeah. I was just like, this is actually, like, like first episode, I was like, yeah, this is okay. I could continue watching this. 
Second episode, I'm like, this is hilarious. Third episode, I'm like, this is great Star Wars. Yeah, it was. And and as far as like the other Star Wars Lego stuff that I've seen, uh, and I I haven't probably even watched the entire runs of like the Yoga the Yoda ones or any of the other ones, but I love the Lego Movie, and I know that's not exactly Star Wars, even though there is a cameo. Well, well and you know those guys are directing Han Solo, so yeah, yeah. Um, but this was I I guess what I what I'm getting at is like even the stuff. Like the jokes were more like that for me. I, I appreciated some of the stuff more like that. Well, and speaking of that episode with the Naboo Starfighter and great voice talent, I love that they got Thomas Lennon on the show because I adore him. Yeah, um, from from Broken Lizard. Well, and the State and uh, Reno Nine One One. He does. He he's Wick's voice, right? Wick Cooper, the one with the yeah. yeah, hilarious. Yeah, the show has just been firing on all cylinders as far as comedy goes. Like Dengar is hilarious. Like Dengar oh, yeah. and his John DiMaggio, uh, Iktochi, like or Ikochi, um, henchmen. Oh, the yeah. twins, Bash and Ram. Yeah. Tell me, tell yeah. me what I want to hear. Uh, you're better than Boba Fett, and we love the diaper that you wear on your head. <laughs> <laughs> I love the two of them so much. Yeah, so no, much. I'm so glad John DiMaggio is in Star Wars again. Yes. You know, he was the original voice of General Grievous. He was our first General Grievous voice. Yes. I didn't know that. He was uh, General Grievous. So, like, back before they actually cast Matthew Wood as General Grievous, they had Gendy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars animated series coming out, and uh, John DiMaggio was the guy that they got I, yeah, to just do, do their best. Yeah. Wow. So this is his... This is his return to Star Wars, and I'm glad he's back. And then you got to hear Billy D. Williams' voice in Star Wars again. Oh, man. That episode was so funny. Just like, how else would a kid, like, if I'm a kid playing with Legos and I'm into RPGs, how, like, of course I want Lego, uh, I, of course I want Lego Lando out of Han's clothes. <laughs> so how do I build an adventure around Lando changing clothes? <laughs> Like it, it was just it was really good writing. I it, it was so funny and like all of the disco Lando gags and well, Lobot. And that disco floor. Am I remembering correctly? Did you guys play the Lego games? Wasn't yeah. that yeah. an unlock in one of the games? Mm -hmm. It was. So. It was like you had to go build something in a certain room, and then Lando's, then Lando's room turned into a disco party. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want that? A disco party on Bespin. I'm in. It was neat to see Cloud City falling from the sky, too. Well, and I loved the idea that, like, the events of the movies, because this is really the first thing we've had in the new canon or ever anything close to the new canon. I, I'm still, this is still, like, not really canon, yeah. but kind um, of. The idea that, like, the reason the carbon freezing chambers on the Fritz and the thing they need to fix is the thing that, that Luke, mm -hmm. or that Vader cut and Luke put in, in Vader's face. Uh... And that that is the force skill Rowan needs to learn in order to save everyone later. Mm -hmm. Connecting cables together. Mm -hmm. Like, what? His force powers are like finding kyber crystals and connecting wiring, which is just amazing to me. Well, the first time he didn't even do it, Xander did it. Right? Which was adorable. Which is the exact opposite of what Chopper does to Ezra every time <laughs> Ezra's, <laughs> Ezra's trying to do something with the force. Yeah. Like, like, okay, lift Chopper, and Chopper's magnetic, you know, magneting yep. himself to the floor. This is, like, his older brother doing the, like, no, you totally did it. I believe in you. And then it worked. Yeah. So there's there's different schools of thought on that whole force training thing. I just love Xander out with that Naboo's, uh fighter. Just, oh, you want to drag race? Oh, you want to shoot things? I can shoot things. He has, like, no idea that he's being bared down on by that uh, Star, Star Destroyer. It's hilarious. Huh. I loved how he could like smell the chromium. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how he's uh, the interrogation droid isn't even doing anything to him yet, and he's like <laughs> telling all his secrets. Don't give it up. Yeah, oh, I loved it. And and I loved the uh, the the last episode, the fifth episode, with the guy who came in and wanted to to hire them to get get him his control panel, and and Xander's just all about his ship. Yeah, and. I love the way it's cut with him just popping up over every piece that he's talking about. It's just funny. Like the show is well timed, it's well executed. The comedy is it is hilarious. way more than I expected it to be on Sunday when you said they're running the marathon. We should watch them and talk about it on the show. I'm pleasantly surprised. I really am. 
I think that's that's something that's it's interesting too. Like it came out with very little fanfare. Like yeah. I don't see a lot of people talking about it, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I hadn't I hadn't really seen anybody talking about it, and it's just it's funny. It's fun. It's worth it's worth checking out. I think younger kids are going to like it. This is the sort of thing that I'd let if if um I Valkyrie's not at an age where she's allowed to watch like screens or TV yet uh typically but when she's older like I didn't want to I wanted to keep Star Wars from her completely so she really didn't know um anything about the movies when I finally introduced them to her but this is the sort of thing where like if she was younger I I think I when she's older but younger than me introducing her to Star Wars this is the kind of thing I I could see using to introduce it to her in the first place and then moving up to Clone Wars a little bit just so she gets some some idea of who Anakin is and why he might be, be a hero. And then when she's like four or five, start with A New Hope so she knows who Anakin is, she knows what the whole Empire thing is a little bit, and then just start with A New Hope. Like, this is this is perfect because it doesn't seem to give anything away. No. And it's just fun. I guess well, the other thing that I'm trying to, to express by going a little over the top with Rowan, that little brat, is that even an old curmudgeon like me can enjoy the show fully, even though I don't agree with some things. You know what I'm saying? You just I'm... want to spank children. No, I don't. An... <laughs> Certain ones. Not all of them. I like some. I'm an older curmudgeon than you, Mike, and I like children less than <laughs> you, but I like this more. See, even a, even a broader statement. <laughs> with a completely different thesis. Yeah. No, I, th- I think people should check it out. And... And um, I think it's, yeah, when you were talking about this on Sunday, I, I, I saw the previews on it because Anya watches Disney XD pretty much around the clock. So when I come home from work and I turn my TV on, it's on Disney XD because that's when she's home in the morning before she goes to school. That's what she's watching. When she gets home from school, that's what she's watching. And I always say to her, every time I turn on my TV, I say, why is my TV always on Disney XD? Like, go to your room and watch your own TV. But because of that, I, I've been seeing the trailers for this, but I haven't really had the chance to even think about setting the DVR for it because I haven't heard anybody say anything about it. And then you brought it up, and I'm like, well, yeah, that'd be interesting to talk about. And and there's other backstories to that, too, that I want to be supportive. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, gave it a go, and I'm really happy I did. And now this this teaser for the one that's coming out next week looks like a lot of fun. Luke's in it, and it looks like there's going to be some stuff going down. Can we also talk about Roger? Yes. Yes. Roger, so Roger is a battle dra- Roger's probably the closest thing we're going to get to Mr. Bones yeah. on screen. Like, Roger is their battle droid buddy who's left over from the Clone Wars, but he's like their janitor slash babysitter, and he's voiced by Matthew Wood, who did the voice of the battle droids in Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, well, there aren't any battle droids in Rebels, but he's been voices in Rebels, and he was the voice of General Grievous, and he works uh, on sound at... Uh, at at I at Skywalker Sound. And Roger's just the funniest character. He's everything I'd want an old battle droid to be. <laughs> well, and in bringing him up, you do bring up my primary beef with this entire thing, which I tweeted about. Really? Yes. It's oh, the no. cookie waste. Oh, uh, cookie waste. <laughs> <laughs> he baked them cookies and they just tossed them as they went on their adventure. Don't waste cookies, people. Just don't. That's mean. Right? No, that's not thinking. In their defense, maybe he's cooked for them before. and That's true. Like, remember when he gives that other guy, like, the uh, a soothing beverage, but it's like motor oil? Yeah. I was. That's what I was going to say, that he gave uh, Wick the uh, motor oil because he thought it was like coffee. So if his cookies taste like the motor oil, they ain't very good. But we don't know. No one ever, you know, told us what his level of baking skill is. Maybe he's like phenomenal. It's just so funny because when the, when they hit the floor, we both kind of gasped. We're like, yeah. cookies, <laughs> right? I did this. We, we both thing. did it. I was like, oh damn it! They wasted the See, cookies. And for me, I was just like, for me, I was just like, that's a battle droid in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> it was well before the, the, that drink ever happened in the later episode, and we're and we're sitting there, and, and all I could think of is like Christmas cookies. Like warm Christmas cookies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we got ice cream. And so we Waste, did. Wasteful jerks. They wasteful jerks. And I like there's lessons to be learned in the episodes. You know, they say that Wookiee uh, princess and prince are very close. And Wookiee princes don't like to be called princesses. 
Right. When you say they're very close, we should probably clarify in the Wookiee language. Yes. As interpreted by <laughs> humans, they're very similar sounding words. Is I mean, that's again, that's another one of those things where it's like if an eight year old was writing adventures for their Lego toys, that's exactly the kind of thing that they would be doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I never expected and, to see a battle droid on Kashyyyk again. Yeah. And, and what happened was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Well, and I, I like. I like that Roger brought his baggage to that situation. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, I really like the idea, too. So this is something that plays out. Like, this episode came out uh, this week, or, like, last week. Aftermath comes out next week. Uh, Aftermath Life Dead. Right. And so this is, the, this is the second time in Star Wars, uh, in the TV shows, that we've seen sort of a piece of what's going on on Kashyyyk. Uh, so in, the first one was in Rebels, where we see them uh, enslaving the Wookiees. And this one, well, that wasn't Kashyyyk. That was the Spice Mines of Kessel. Yeah. Now we see them on Kashyyyk, and the Imperials have blockaded the planet entirely. And I think the way the canon has been explained for this show is that the background is canon events, or like canon situations. Mm -hmm. right. And these kids just play in front of that backdrop, right? Well, that's exactly what they do, because they're, the opening of the show is them picking up things in the middle of a battle. The backdrop is the battle going on and them picking up ships that just got blown yeah. up. Um, and so I think it's interesting, an interesting choice that they released this episode, set on Kashyyyk, the week before we're finally going to see the liberation of Kashyyyk post-Return of the Jedi in Chuck Wendig's uh, Life Debt. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I think it's... Uh, I think it's rad, and I want to see more Wookies, yeah. and and maybe maybe the Battle of Kashyyyk is something I should delve more into uh, the plight of the Wookies, uh, for for another thing. But we can talk about that later. If I was gonna say, if you were doing like a review, you both, not just you. I don't want you to each think I'm just talking only to you. I'm talking to you both. <laughs> so both of you, if you both were writing a review for a online publication and you were supposed to give stars and let's say 72 stars was tops how many stars would you give the first five episodes of the freemaker adventures you've thrown me so off with this scale of one to 72 well, no I, I can't make it easy and say five right i would give it a 63 it's not bad That's yeah not bad Brian? i'd give it like a 60 no um 70 70. A 60 70 isn't, isn't part of that scale. I was going to say a different number in the 60s, and then I decided to just up it one to 70. Oh, okay. This is a family show, Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Kids, don't listen to that one. Um, right. I would fall right in between the two of you. I would, I would say about like a 65, 66. Yeah, I, I am enjoying it. I really, I am looking forward to the next episode, which I did not believe I would going into it. And no, I, I've added this to my DVR. I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, totally. like I'm, I'm going to catch this as it comes out, and I'm going to be excited about it. I'm curious, like about the the Kyber Saber, right? Yes. Is that is that one of those things that is going to pop up in the Star Wars canon, or is this some invention of a kid who's like, look at this amazing saber? It's made of Kyber crystal, and it cuts through planets. Yeah, I was going to say that's. I I don't think you can have that. That's like worse than the Death Star. Yeah. I have so many questions about the science of the Kyber Saber. <laughs> and I don't mean to be pedantic, but it's just like, wait, so it's a blade that always is physically in existence, unlike a regular lightsaber where the blade extends once it's powered up. So well, that makes sense for Lego because they really can't collapse. Right. So when you power it down, presuming you can power it down, then do you have to like sheath it like an old school saber? Like, I had just had a lot of questions. Well, well so and, you can hold your kyber crystal in your hand and not hurt yourself. Right, but I mean, that's a constructed item. Like, what, you know, how would a Jedi go about his or her business carting that around? You got to keep your hands free, right? Be, it would like be well, like a regular it saber. Be, it would be it. like a samurai sword, and, and they'd take that whole, that whole thing, you know, like a samurai. But I thought the most interesting thing about it is that it reminded me the reason I, I'm erring on the side of, like, this is a kid inventing a weapon is because it does exactly what the Master Sword does in Zelda when you have full hearts. 
It does. Ah. You're right. So in the Legend of Zelda games, when Link you are acquired... Right. Huh? You're right. When Link has a Master Sword and he's got full hits, it, like, spins energy out to hit things at a distance. And when he was hitting, like, when he was swinging his saber and accidentally destroying that moon, I was like, he's, it's like the Master Sword is basically the, the, the lightsaber equivalent of a Master Sword, hmm. which, which leads me to believe it was a kid who's, like, coked up on Coca-Cola and coked up on Coca-Cola. video games. Another thing I, wa- I want to bring up before we, we get away from it, how do you say her name? Is it Nare? Mm-hmm. I think so. So is she just a dark force sensitive person? Is she like an inquisitor type person? What are what are they classifying her as? Um, I'm guessing she's sort of like Pentress was, right? Okay. Cause like her face changes, her eyes change. Like she goes like full on Sith eyes. Like acting yeah. turning. Yeah. Well, I think I mean she's definitely working specifically for for Sheev and Vader, and she's not good. But I think she it it's weird that she carries a blue bladed lightsaber to trick a kid who doesn't even know what a Jedi is. Yeah, and 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 her reasoning how to how to get like people out of the cell and and people seeing her on on Star Destroyer, and oh, I did a Jedi mind trick. Like the kid wouldn't know. Yeah, like her explanations yeah. are hilarious. And she's going well out of her way, and then and then she even Vader are like, well, maybe he's just playing you. He only does this when you're not around. Why is that? <laughs> well, and I really like. Uh, I it's funny too how how she just sort of like complicates things, but Palpatine and Vader don't do anything about it. Like when she orders the the Star Destroyer to open fire on Vader in the Royal N one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just complicates everything and doesn't manage to suffer <laughs> any consequences from them because that's how much they care about this this kyber saber. Yeah. Well, and they are much softer versions of their normal canon Which, selves, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah. when they when Richard Kind's character really messes up and you think, "Oh, this is where he would normally get force choked." Instead, they promote him and give him more resources. Yeah. So <laughs> Well, again, that's one of those things that like a kid would would say like, "You failed. Here's more things to not fail next time." Yeah and, yeah, and and the emperor is such uh, an impatient child, even more so. Like that, that part of his personality is even worse. Vader and Palpatine in this show, um, very specifically, um, I was surprised by because part of the reasoning that we didn't get Star Wars detours is because they said they didn't necessarily want out there um, a show where. You know, you're making fun of Vader and Palpatine because these are characters they want to sort of create a mystique around again in the canon going forward, especially with with uh, the the echoes of his spirit uh, in you know resounding through the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. his his probably lethal appearances in Rogue One, um, and so seeing this and the reasoning behind not airing detours. It made me a curious about why we haven't seen detours or heard anything about it since then, and b um, does this mean that they're loosening on that? And then maybe after Rogue One comes out, maybe we will get detours. I mean, that's possible. But don't you don't you think like really that if what they did with Vader and Rebels from the end of season one through season two would totally take away anything done in detours? Like Vader is really really badass in Rebels. Oh, he's a bad dude. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, that is like bad. So, well, it's, and he's doubly bad too, because when you think about his relationship with Ahsoka that so many kids have grown up with, mm-hmm. and how he, like, he, he tells her blatantly, you will die. Oh, yeah. Like, not a nice man. Before he even shows up, the Inquisitor, who's supposed to be the bad guy, kills himself because things are worse in life than death. And it's this guy. So, yeah, I have so, a theory. Oh, I'd like to hear that. Well, I mean, I, I, love I just think the reason why it plays in this scenario and not in other things for them to be a little bit goofy is that you have this construct of it being toys to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's yeah. not canon, it's canon adjacent, but it's still like through the lens of a kid 
and a little goofier automatically. So I think that's why there's not the level of concern about letting them be portrayed as kind of like nutty goofballs instead of just their badass versions. But to the, to the opposite side of that though, you have a lot of creative kids that are, are on the side of, of the empire and tell stories or play uh, with a darker nature that would play with Vader as that evil or the emperor as that evil, or, you know, TIE fighter pilots not running into walls while a huge, a bigger ship is, flying through these tight little spaces, but the TIE fighters are running into walls. Like, I would love to see, I would love to see some Star Wars where these, you know, these half-assed pilots aren't outrunning, you know, Imperial pilots, where like the, where the Empire really, really just does a number on them. I would like to see that. Like a a series where, you know, the Rebels are not having a good time. Uh, That's just me. Sorry. Well, I mean, Lando was. He hired a an eight-year-old to go get his cape. <laughs> That's not what I mean, Brad. He was having a good time. That's not what I mean. Like, <laughs> that great flip around when he changes clothes and all of a sudden the disco Star Wars music starts. That was a cool-ass cape, but that's not what I mean. Okay. I'm always happy for a costume change, so. <laughs> always. Of course you are. So, so you you guys don't think this means we'll see detours anytime soon? It's going to come out eventually. They didn't they do too much work on it for them not to do it. Mm. I mean, they did a whole season. Yeah, but again, like Disney, Disney bought Lucasfilm as it was, and they bought it for the Star Wars things they wanted to put out. And Lucas had already paid Lock, Stock, and Barrel for the production of those top to bottom. Okay, so we're going to put it up on iTunes for. Sixteen ninety five, and then they make all that money. Well, it's weird. It's just like they're keeping it more quiet than the the holiday special now, where where you know people are getting takedown notices for putting the clips back up online that they'd released before, which is not something that happens with the holiday special. And that could be just that they're they refuse to acknowledge that the holiday special is theirs. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Poor holiday special. <sighs> I know it's terrible, but it has B. Arthur, so I automatically love it. Yeah, who would win in a fight, B. Arthur or Wilford Brimley? Oh, B. Arthur. I totally agree. She's Wilf- you want to talk about badass, yeah. B. Arthur. Well, That's I like heard my that guess- she she actually filled in for David Prowse. <laughs> I think she would be an excellent Vader. You know what she'd be really great at? Bartending at the cantina, right? <laughs> like we I'm could name her Acmina. That's my costume plan for later in life. I am ready. I'm not tall enough, but that's okay. They have those stilts that people wear to put up drywall. You could wear those. <laughs> I would just about need those to get anywhere near B. Arthur's so, height. So if if Holly is B. Arthur in the cantina, then uh, one of us should dress up as Greedo, and then another as Art Carney. I, I think <laughs> I could pull off Art Carney. That makes you Greedo, Brian. Okay. Well, you could hit Art Carney at that age, I suppose. He wasn't looking like his thin, wiry self back from the 50s. Oh, you mean like she could take him in a fight? Oh, I was talking I like heavy set old Art Carney. That's yeah. what I could do. Oh. Not, no. Hey, let me ask you this before I forget, because I didn't get to look up any of this online before we, we got on to record. Matt Sloan did Vader's voice. He, that's the same guy that did uh, Battlefront and uh, the Lego Star Wars. It's the same voice, right? Um, I will check. I'm here on the IMDb. Uh, he, he's the creator and writer of Chad Vader. Oh, I I know Chad Vader. Yeah. Uh, so he's Chad Vader. Then it is the same guy. And he is Vader in the Fo- Force Awakens video game. He was Vader on Battlefront. Yep, he was Vader guy. in Droid Tales. He was Vader in Disney Infinity. Yep. Okay. I thought and it was the same guy. I thought I turned being a fan nerd and doing fan nerdy things into a career getting paid to do Star Wars stuff. Like, but this guy took it to the next level with Chad Vader. Yeah. Chad Vader. Cool. Oh, it's, yeah. I, the only funnier Vader is Jeff Vader. Right? Well, anything attached to Eddie Izzard is automatically funnier than all other things. That's just the rule. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of the rules, but now that I'm aware of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Check won't. with me anytime there's a rule on what Trump's what regarding oh. Eddie Izzard and comedy. Just check. I'll, you know. And that lead singer of Pearl Jam, Eddie Vader. <laughs> that wah, is kind of wah, a dad wah. joke, Mike. <laughs> yep, you've been dad joked. 
<laughs> oh, you're hurting me. I think we should do the show on Friday night from now on, Brian. I'm a lot more on on a Friday night. If if we want to record Fridays, I'm cool with that. I'm just in a really I'm in a really energetic mood. I think it might no, be. No, I think this has been the punchiest episode we've done in a while. Yeah, it's fun. I'm having a good time, and it's none. I miss Amy. It has nothing to do with Amy. It's just I think it's the time of the night. Can we talk about other cute things no. though? In Maker. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. I feel like I just have to comment on how Lego Trandoshans are so stinking cute. Their statues really are too. They're adorable. I just, I want one as a pet, a Lego oh transition. I can't even imagine the meltdown you're going to have when you see a Lego Rodian on this show. Right? Well, I love Lego Rodians anyway. Uh, there was one, there was one in Garbala, Garbala's palace, wasn't there? Yeah, I believe so. Cause my husband hit me and went a Rodian, a Rodian. Um, Cause he's always looking out for me. <laughs> he hit you on your Rodian tattoo. No, he usually sits to my right and that's on my left. <laughs> Uh, similarly, their Aqualish landlord is adorable as well. Basically, yeah. everything Legofied is adorable. No, their 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 Aqualish landlord. The timing of his jokes has been perfect. Like in that last episode where they're like, "He didn't pay us. We can't buy food," and then he just zaps in for a hologram and goes, "Or pay your rent." Yeah, <laughs> and then just disappears again. And it's like, oh my, that Aqualish is funny. But I think, I mean, do you think that's like groundwork? Um, maybe that's groundwork that uh, Robot Chicken did with with that great sketch of Ponda Baba, like trying to be an architect and get getting dragged to the cantina on that oh, day. Oh, his his worst day ever. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just like I think from that point forward, Aquila should become much more funny. And so, using him as a comedic foil on the show seems more natural now because the ground broken by Matt Senreich and Seth Green. There you go. He's also in Lego format. He's a little Zoidberg-esque, so you automatically True. have some, like, comedy just cooked in. I think that's I think that's actually, like, a really good way to look at this show, like, very Futurama-ish. Yeah. Right? They're not delivery people, but they're <laughs> ship mechanics. Right. And... That are just scraping by while they have wild adventures. And Roger's sort of the Zoidberg character no one really likes, but everybody likes him around. But you know, if we want to follow this, Bender also cooks and is bad at it. And he's also adorable in an apron in it. He is. Because remember when he um, goes to Chef Spargola to learn the magic of cooking? And the essence of pure flavor, which turns out to be LSD? Correct. (laughs) Well, it's water. Mixed with LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think all I'm going to take out of this episode when I think about it later is Holly and I were upset about cookies and Brian's thinking of a battle droid in a in an apron. In an apron. It was funny. <laughs> That's a funny it is, gag. It's very cute. I also have to say, um, in the realm of funny things, I really did like laugh out loud when uh, Rowan is talking about he's doing the who's got two thumbs and realizes he has no, no thumbs. thumbs. Yep. That, that again that, played well with Anya too. That that hits that whole like I'm a kid using my euphemisms, but wait, that's a Lego. Mm. Yeah, no. And was... I liked when Lando commented that all the hallways look the same in Bespin. Uh, yeah, they need a color system. Well, because if you've been playing Battlefront in oh, the God. Bespin maps, <laughs> it's very easy to be like, where the hell am I? <laughs> like I'm looking at my radar, and even using my radar, I'm running in circles. Well, you're running in circles the whole time on that map, and then you finally get somewhere, and you get shot in the head. I mean, you got to right. start can, all over again. Can we talk about that? About about uh, Bespin on Battlefront really fast? Yeah. yeah. Oh my, that is just beautiful. It's gorgeous. We keep making jokes about the architecture, though, where it's like Brian's like, "Why is every building designed with like seven exits and entrances and they all have a reception station (laughs) (laughs) and there's stairs everywhere. There's zero ADA compliance and like giant steps up to hallways. Well, there are elevators. They don't need that. There are elevators in some of the buildings. The only way I can get around in that damn map is with a jetpack. Oh no, I'm on foot. You don't use the jump pack. I don't. We I always feel like that's a wasted card for me because it's like, well, half the time I aim really janky and then I'm like, well, that didn't do me much good and now I don't have a thing that I could throw. Every time I use that jetpack, I fly 10 
10,000 so, feet past where I'm going. So what cards do you three, or do you two use, what three cards do you two use? I use uh, two grenades and I use the the cooldown thing. I use two grenades usually, and I like the uh, the aim assist. I'm forgetting what it's actually called in the game. That's, I think it's that's what it's called. I use that sometimes too. So I use I use the jump pack. I use the uh, personal shield and the dioxys grenades. The dioxys grenades are so my score has jacked up so high because especially on Bespin when you're playing like. Uh, when you're playing that uh, sabotage mission where, like, the Imperials are constantly holding up around positions your men need to take. Yes, yeah, that yeah. is a good time for that. The, good. the Dioxys grenades go in and you just, you do 30, 40, 50 damage for everybody and then your men go in and clean up because your Dioxys doesn't hurt them and then you just get kill assist, kill assist, kill assist, kill assist. I don't think I've unlocked those yet. Uh, you need to get on it, man. Well, I think those. This were... is what I do. This is, this is where I fall flat on that game. Because I'm not playing on PS3, so I'm not playing with, with you guys or anything like that. So I'm usually playing alone, and I play a couple of the regular fighting maps, and then I go, well, I'm going to play Squadron, and then I fly the rest of the time. And you don't earn as much, even though I get like 25 kills, like 19 of them over AI, and you don't get a lot of points. So I haven't really opened up that much, because I just keep doing the Squadron. I wish you got a PS4, Mike. Yeah, I want to play. I want to play. Or do you know someone that would loan you one? Because I think it would be fun as hell and funny for listeners if you, me, and Holly got on. No, and, that's and not suitable for consumption. We'll label it as explicit. But Super the three of us, explicit. We we record the three of us playing Battlefront for for a few rounds and put that out as a special bonus on the feed and remind everyone could, that it's explicit. You could just skip having me there and just play a continuous beat. I actually have my uh, GoPro 4 Plus Black on Craigslist like with all the stuff I have with it like cards and batteries and screens and all this stuff for trade on Craigslist for a PS4 with Battlefront and I've had a couple people inquire so I'm waiting for that to to happen. Holly, Holly, I don't want to pressure you into doing anything and if you (laughs) say no, respect that. But People don't know the joy of playing Battlefront with you. It's well because it's horrible. I mean, no, it's I... hilarious. The things that come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's pretty adult. But so if any of the nice. listeners are listening, I don't really ever say this to the audience, but if you're looking for a new GoPro that's hardly ever been used with all the attachments and you want that PS4 out of your house, let me know. Or look on Craigslist because it's probably there. And then poor Mike can be scandalized by the levels of potty mouth I'm capable of achieving. I, it was funny. Um, Ryan Holly, called. Holly, you got to listen to my previous eight years of podcasting. Don't worry. I don't know, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen. Holly, you should listen to his interview with Neil Tyson. It's so good. Ooh, I would love to. Um, good times. But Ryan Call from Salt Lake Comic Con, who we had on our for our Bloodline discussion episode, The first time he booked Holly to come to Salt Lake Comic Con and the first time they'd ever talked in person, like I was already playing Battlefront with Holly and Ryan came online and I'm like, hey, play with us. And for like two weeks afterwards, all I heard was about how hilarious it was to be playing with you and how you certainly have a different podcast persona. She's just it's just her as a person and and it's not the time to kiss Holly's butt hour. But I will say this, you know, talking to you on the show many times. It's a different experience than when we got when I got to meet you in person. Like that was a lovely night, and <laughs> it was just memorable. So I had a good time. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you uh, shut your Rodian mouth, Mike. There's, there's, there's educational podcast, Holly, and then there's reality. <laughs> uh, you know. Hey, there's you're... Batman, and then there's Bruce Wayne. There's right. educational but, uh, podcast, I'm... Holly, and then there's. Holly. I, I'm trying to think of like a, a reasonable comparison in pop culture of two characters that maybe necessarily aren't related, but would more accurately convey the disparity. Oh, there's Mogwai and then there's Gremlins. No, that's like I was going to say it's, it's more like, like um, a Disney princess movie and then a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> that would work. But it's more like my like podcast Holly is Jeff Bridges and Tron and real Holly is more like the Big Lebowski. That's or, probably yeah, or, or Jeffrey good. Lebowski. He's not. Yeah, he's not the big Lebowski. He's not, 
He's, he's not dude. the big Lebowski. The he's the dude. Yeah. So that's what you call him. So now that we're talking about all this, the Holly and podcasting and all that, and we're running out of show, unfortunately, why don't you talk about podcasting? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So for those of you interested in history, like, you know, Holly from the Stuff You Missed in History podcast, which is probably the best podcast out there. You're uh, very sweet. And no, I subjective. No, sure, it's subjective, but it's my subjective on my podcast, so we're doing this. <laughs> um, no, it's a great show. It's it's like one of the few shows I strain to keep up on at all times. I'm still behind, but I'm working on it because well, I mean, they do like two episodes a week. It's 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 a lot. Yeah. Um, but so so I've guested a few times on that show, and Holly's guested a few times on on this show, and Holly and I talk a lot online and you know she says the most horrible and disgusting things to me on battlefront um, <laughs> but we've been talking about starting our own podcast so holly and i are actually starting a new podcast that's going to start launching uh monday august 1st and holly why don't you explain to the the people because star wars fans are going to love it especially our first episode yeah i hope um, uh so what the yeah. show's about yeah we, uh, Brian and I both, uh, share a fondness for history as well as some deep immersion and love in a lot of different, uh, pop culture franchises. And we have joked various times that Stuff You Missed in History Class should do like a, an April Fool's episode where we talk about a fictional universe as though it is real in very serious historical analysis, <laughs> uh, which will probably never happen. So we decided we'll just make a podcast series out of that for the two of us. That yeah. is awesome. So we're doing a variety of topics. I think we've, we've decided we're going to try to do at least one star Wars episode a month. Uh, usually, but there's only two episodes a month. They're so time and research intensive. Holly and I decided at least for the beginning if we each wrote one episode a month, that would probably be the limit of our bandwidth. Um, and we've already recorded the first two episodes, and I've already written the third episode, and we're doing a live appearance at Salt Lake Comic Con. So Salt Lake Comic Con is, like, going to be the place to be. Oh, I want to see because that. Because Mike and Amy are coming out, and we're doing a live, like, Hooray! our yeah. first live full of Sith show with the whole cast since Star Wars Celebration last year. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, and then a, uh, Holly is coming out and they're doing two episodes of stuff you missed in history class, right? That is the plan. And then Holly and I, they've asked us before the show's even started, the poor fools, uh, we're going to be doing an episode on the eugenics war from Star Trek Ooh, live. Nice. Uh, from, from the stage at Salt Lake Comic Con. So, uh, if you want, you can go to, uh, Follow us on Twitter at Fothentics, and uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, the show is called Fothentic History, F-A-U-X-T-H-E-N-T-I-C, History. You can like us on Facebook. Um, iTunes may or may not have our feed approved by the time this goes out, uh, but for the next few weeks, you'll have a like an introductory like three-minute episode of Holly and I sort of introducing the show just so you have a place to subscribe so that when the the show comes out August 1st. Uh, do you want to tell them what that first episode's about, Holly? Sure. Uh, and I'm glad you, that you told people what the title of it is, Authentic History, because it's fancy in French. Uh, <laughs> and our first episode is about the Battle of Hoth. So we're going to do some analysis of how that military effort all played out from both sides and some of the key players and the moves that they made that were both correct and incorrect. Uh, do you want to talk about our second episode, or are we jumping too far ahead? No, no, no. Our second episode for August is about the history of Tinker Fairies, uh, and and sort of the the shtick of the show is that. And and Mike, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Listening to that episode, you should listen to that episode with Anya. Okay. But uh, you know the Tinkerbell movie. Yeah. Uh, we sort of treated that like it was a documentary. Whoa. Well, there are actually movies. There are many movies. Yeah, I've seen them all several times. Yeah, can you watch um, the Never Beast? Because I can't handle that film. Uh, it's uh, it's emotionally destructive. It, it, it kind of is. Yeah, it's rough. Although, I, Brian, so I'm gonna listen to the first one Monday. 
and then I will save the other one for the ride with her when we're going away next week. Okay. Yeah, I'll no, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see what you think, and I hope people like it. I've had a lot of fun putting it together, and Holly's yeah. at least offered me the same platitudes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I always have that thing I tell Brian where I'm like, this doesn't bother me at all, which is about the highest praise anything I do is going <laughs> to get. Uh, but it's very fun to do. I mean, it's a fun way to kind of like uh, do the similar kind of work to what I would be doing in my day job at Stuff You Missed in History class, but just with a, a much more relaxed angle to it and stuff that, uh, you know, makes me giggle a lot more because sometimes we cover heavy topics on our yeah. history podcast. But so it's a good show, though. Really good and show. so I'm sure it was a nice switch to be like, I'm doing all of these horrible things for history, stuff you missed in history. Now I get to research Tinkerbell. Yeah, because that's really difficult. Which is what research. I'm going to do. <laughs> Speaking, I was thinking about it earlier. I think it would be really fascinating to do an episode about the Wookiees and like the oppression they went through. And oh, it could yeah. be like one of those like horrible episodes of history like you guys do on stuff you missed in history because those exist in history but they exist in star wars too all right yeah. you guys are giving away the farm now you're letting people I know, know too right? much like, don't don't like, hand it off brian yeah like if at the end of july somebody has that show out no stop it brian no one's gonna have that show out it's too much work <laughs> all right well we're gonna wrap it up before brian gives away like the next 14 weeks of content so holly can you tell everybody where they can find you and the show and all your online persona links and such? Sure. Uh, if you want to visit me at Stuff You Missed in History class, you can go to mistinhistory.com and almost any uh, social media platform at Missed in History. And if you want to find me personally, I'm at Surliest Girl on Twitter. You too can enjoy me talking about kitties and glitter and sewing. Um, and Rodians. And Rodians. And you always. should drive people on Full of Sith. You should direct them to the Church of the Immaculate Rodian. So, right, I have a Facebook page, Church of the oh. Immaculate Rodian, as well as a Twitter, just Holy Rodian, where we, you know, talk about St. Greedo. Really, it's just me posting artwork of Greedo all the time. Can you uh, In- tweet that tonight at me, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I just followed uh, Authentics, so if you could do that, that'd be great. I will. I'll do it right after we finish talking. Thank you. And it was lovely having you on, as always. Thank you so I much. I always love talking to you guys. It's like the best vacation-level podcasting I could possibly do. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Um, Mr. Young. Um, Your stuff. Mr. Mr. Pilot. Oh, my stuff. Um, so people can find me on social media networks, usually with the name Swankmotron. So you can find me on Twitter at Swankmotron, Instagram at Swankmotron. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brian young fiction uh you can find my website at brianyoungfiction.com and that's where i've been doing a lot of writing uh of stuff uh to talk to other writers about things and kind of keep people up on what like if you want to find out what star wars stuff i'm writing about because i have weekly columns at starwars.com and uh, you know a lot of stuff from star wars insider that website's the best place to do it if you're interested in short stories um, I would suggest you check out my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Swankmotron. And for as little as $1 per short story, you can help decide what the next short story I'm going to write is. And I will deliver it to you for that low, low price. That's awesome. Uh, so You can so the, be the boss of Brian for so little money. It's true. Like the first story they decided I, I had to tell that uh, the first story that's coming out later this month uh, the people who are supporting me on Patreon decided that I would be writing an epic fantasy dealing with dragons, uh, which is not anything I've ever written. So it'll be interesting and a lot of fun. Cool. So yeah, do the check dragons do the dragons all speak Huttese? Please say yes. Uh, no. That would that would <laughs> that would be fan fiction, and I wouldn't feel comfortable selling it. I understand, but no. I think they are going to be little shoulder dragons. I thought it would be more of an Easter egg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
All right. So if you want to uh, leave the show a voicemail, you could do so by uh, using the SpeakPipe app on the website, which is at fullofsit.com. There you can find our contact information like our Twitter, which is at fullofsit, at the mic, at swankmotron, at uh, amy underscore geek. Also, facebook.com slash fullofsit. There you can go there. You can find show notes and show uh, pictures and conversations and links and all the kind of stuff that we post there. Also, holocron at fullofsit.com is where you can email us about your thoughts on this show or anything else. And uh, always, there are great emails coming in. We appreciate them, Brian. I got to get the this mo- the last couple from this month to you and Amy. It's, it's uh, actually a lot, and I have to uh, sit down this weekend and forward those along. So maybe you guys can check them out when you have some downtime, whenever that's going to be with Celebration coming up. I would love that. And I would also like to tell people, check out my Facebook and the Full of Sith Facebook pages, because I will be trying to live stream stuff from Celebration and various other nerd places. Like I'm doing a lot of Harry Potter stuff and Disneyland Paris. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of live streaming on the Facebooks from there if people want a more firsthand experience. That is awesome. I will be excited about all that. Also, um, iTunes, if you haven't left reviews there, please do so. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play Store. Uh, if you want to check out stuff I've done, you can go to the mic.com or mikepilot.com. They both go to the same website. There is a an audio archive on there. There's news and all that stuff and everything that has to do with me. And because Brian brought up my interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson or I was talking to Holly about my other 10 years of podcasting. There's a, a long archive of every show I've ever done. Uh, appearances on other shows, um, other shows that I've done, they're all there. So you can check that out there too. So that is going to wrap up this uh, really, really fun episode of Full of Sith, which is episode 174. Again, I want to thank Holly for joining me and Brian. And um, that's it for uh, my great co-host, Brian Young, and our wonderful, hilarious guest, Holly Fry. I am the Mike Pilot. May the Force be with you, always. If you're not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while. <laughs>